Hey, good morning. What a beautiful day this is. Uh, good morning, Stephen Keeter. Good morning. Good morning, Taylor. And Jay Westerfeld, how are you? I'm well. Beautiful Taylor. day out, isn't it? Absolutely. I love, love, love fall weather. Just gorgeous. I ate last night on, although it was a little cold, on the patio of Silvio's with uh, two dear friends of mine. One is a former president of Curaleaf, and the other young lady is like second in command there now. And we decided one of them was a little paranoid about eating inside. So I said, all right, we'll eat on the gazebo. I, it took me three hours after I got home to warm up. Um, <laughs> I was an icicle. My lips were blue. But Usually I was sitting there going, drink, oh, I'm uh, fine. I had a, a, I had a like Grand Marnier. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help. I <laughs> just said it was. You can't sit still for that long in cold weather. But enjoy it. Go for a no, walk, coming, a yeah. hike. It's, Before we know it, it's going to be cold and it's going to oh, be yeah. snowy. So. Yeah, this is gorgeous. This is beautiful weather. So what's going on, Stephen? Uh, no, all is good. I uh, actually uh, a little disappointed. I don't see uh, um, Mr. Penning outside. Mike uh, Penning, so it's uh, clear because they have 10 kids there. Right. Uh, picketing the show. And it's kind of like he became well, the police have like nothing an, to do today. an attribute or a feature of the show. And... Uh, but obviously, you know, somebody who has this, uh, that much, put so much effort into being noticed, um, you know, making up the signs, asking... Do you think he made them up? Well, if... The he, first one, yes, because it was handwritten. But then, uh, obviously, you know, he puts a lot of effort in it and a lot of time, and he's, uh, you know, uh, does the very same thing he did uh, in front of the studio he does in front of his house. And I think uh, somebody with that much determination has a strong point to convey. So I would like maybe to invite him to call the program and uh, hear what he has to say and what does eminent domain has to do with anything. For those who doesn't know the story, I did purchase the plot of land that belonged to the family of Michael Penning. Uh, that was purchased legally through the real estate transaction. Agents were involved. And now Mr. Penning is calling for eminent domain while... Uh, I what understand. has that got to do with that piece of property? I have no idea. Uh, but, does he uh, know what the word eminent domain means? If he's so upset about maybe the pro uh, proposed uh, hotel development, maybe he had a f uh, chance, or he, as a member of his family, had a chance to speak on uh, maybe gave it uh, to town or village, and he chose not to, that uh, the land was uh, sold for profit. And now he's calling uh, for town or village to interfere to take it from me. Uh, I don't know what for whatever purpose, but well, maybe he, he can explain and he can call. Uh, the number is 651-1110. Uh, 845-651-1110. So. Uh, yeah, so first find out what the, what the phrase uh, eminent domain means. Uh, they don't call eminent domain unless it's eminent. So look up the word eminent first. Because when eminent domain happens, that means the government has to use that property specifically for an urgent reason. And hence the word eminent. I want you to look right. that word up so you understand what it means. And governments are not going to come in and take a piece of property because you didn't buy it and you don't want the other person to have it. Well, with the, you know, with the Pulpit Rock property, it's interesting. The government locally had their shot. In fact, the town of Warwick took a really strong look at it. They brought in representatives. Uh, they brought in historians to take a look at it. And they decided at the end of the day, no, we, we have to pass on it. The library also had a shot at it. Absolutely, and I believe they came very close to purchasing, uh, but uh, the transaction didn't quite take place because the price was raised in the middle of uh, negotiation. Raised by the seller? By the seller. I think yeah, they asked for an extra $50,000. That was yeah. the trust for the Pennings family. Yep. 
Okay. Just so we... uh, that has been back in 1995 or four, if I'm not mistaken. That's been a while ago, but uh, you know, since then, once again, I think uh, Mr. Penning, um, Michael Penning, to be to clarify that, uh, I believe as uh, Lent has been in a trust uh, for his family, he must have been included in transaction. I'm sure, he, I, unless his family and, uh, didn't want I, him in it. I, I frankly, don't I don't understand. I, I, I believe. We have to understand that uh, somebody, there's uh, people that uh, looking forward to development uh, and a hotel coming in that will beautify uh, that uh, part of the, uh, you know, land and uh, create jobs and create revenues and uh, stimulate economy and uh, commerce. But uh, there's people who, uh, like uh, Mr. Penning upset, maybe his view is going to get obstructed or something. But once again, I don't think his problem lies with me. Uh, I think uh, that if there is a problem, that maybe he has to talk or picket his brothers and sisters uh, for, for selling it. Or yeah, I mean, that was a group uh, conversation. You know, if you have a Absolutely. trust yep. and a family is involved, they all have to vote yay or nay. So, I mean, you, he had to have voted yay or it wouldn't have gone through, as far as I know. I don't know how their trust works. Right, the money has exchanged hands. Uh, it right. was a bona fide uh, transaction. And... Uh, I don't understand what kind of problem he might have uh, post-fact. But uh, why are you putting signs up that have nothing to do with the property? You're giving... Uh, oh, this is America. Everybody can express their yeah, uh, no, I get feelings that. and opinion. And I, frankly, I don't like his signs, but he has the right to display them on his lawn. Uh, and it's not that I don't like him. I don't think he understands what they are. They might as well be in another language because he doesn't understand English. You know, uh, you need to go look up that phrase first and then give us a call and you can read it from the dictionary. But right now we're going to take our first break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk further. 845-651-1110. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, it's Paul Skevich, Barry Cheney, and John Vero. Orange County legislators on the Thursday morning roundtable, 9 to 10 a.m. Answering all of your questions and concerns on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. You have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Annie and the car doctor. That's right, Sunday mornings at 8. Get up early, let's hang out, let's talk about cars, let's all get smarter, let's solve some car problems. Ron and Annie and the car doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. And we are back here on Free Speech, 845-651-1110. And uh, I know Jay and uh, Stephen were just talking with Mike about a conversation that you had with Mike Pennings uh, the first time he kind of bombarded him way into the station. Uh, that that happened uh, about uh, four weeks ago, I believe. Uh, Three right? or four weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, once again, we did have, a, uh, in my opinion, meaningful conversation. We discussed some issues. He told me why he's against, and uh, you know, one of those 
arguments were that we were here for so long time and we never had a chance to, to do anything with it. Uh, sort of like he was implying they were not allowed. Uh, I think they just never tried or put any money towards it. They didn't spend any money on research. They didn't spend any money on application. Well, you know, um, most of them are have their own businesses. Most absolutely, the very busy. And yeah, they are, and they're you know, Steve Pennings does a phenomenal job with Agri Entertainment that he created, and the brothers are all in different types of businesses. And I'm not sure what Mike Pennings does. Yeah, I, you know, I went to high school with these guys and ladies, and um, I. I it makes me nervous to hear the name being thrown about in a negative light just because of this one. You know, there's always yeah, an odd man out in every family. <laughs> every family has that little... Uh... And if you don't know who that man is, well, it's probably you in your own family. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all joking aside, these are dynamite people, right down to the person. I've Absolutely. never met the one in, in question. Mike you know, Pennings. But, I mean, Steve essentially reinvented agritainment. Oh, yeah. He's the one who coined the word, I believe. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he, done an amazing, and his wife, Jill, and his son, Steve Jr., they're just a wonderful family. Absolutely yeah, so, You know, wonderful. there's these two wonderful bookend farms in Warwick on each border that do it totally differently and do it well. So just to me, it's re I, I think it's important not to drag that surname through the mud just because of uh, one knucklehead. Did, Stephen, did I understand, did he offer to sell you his own home as well? Yeah, that was the part of that uh, initial conversation that we had outside the studio. And uh, he essentially said, well, you want to buy my house? And uh, I said, uh, let me think about it. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you're just made of but, money. Yeah, right. but now <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, even if I uh, was toying with an idea, I, I'm kind of afraid to make an offer because the next thing you know, he probably would have the same uh, seller's remorse that he has right now. And it is his thing. Yeah, sells remorse. sells remorse is a thing. And, you <laughs> oh, know, it'll be easy. He can make one sign with, you know, uh, don't develop pulpit rock on one side and don't develop my old house on the other and stand <laughs> in the middle of the road. He's really not at a loss there. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, that conversation took place, uh, like I said, recently, and that was was uh, offered. But uh, once again, I didn't uh, make an offer, and I'm kind no, of thinking do it. if that uh, protesting has anything to do with it. At uh, the end light, so to speak. Yeah, interesting. So, so Mike Pennings, if you're interested, instead of standing in the middle of the road and almost getting no, it's getting killed, colder by the day. Yeah, so and almost getting killed out there and crossing call. cars. He was stopping cars. They were trying to verve around him. He was on school property. I mean, everything was wrong. The police were here. The police went and spoke to him the week before, where he was illegally camped out. Then. I mean, find something important to do with your life. You know, there's Mike Pennings. There's a lot of charities out there that need help. It, you, maybe, don't need, uh, you don't need money to volunteer at a charity. Well you just, said. you know, just do a volunteer to figure out something good you can do with that. But uh, if you're, you want to state your case, you have an open line here, 845-651-1110. Uh, you were busy out there parading back and forth. And uh, as I mentioned, almost getting killed and almost causing an accident. Now we're giving you a chance to call in, and I don't hear the phone ringing. Mm. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Mr. Penning busy with something. But uh, one, once again, I'm ready to discuss whatever the issues he, he might see uh, with the development of the site. Uh, once again, I understand some people, just like I don't like signs of his lawn, but he has a right to them. I have the right to develop uh, within allowed uses. It's and, called and, America. And those uses are uh, actually many and plentiful. The proposed uh, hotel use is actually allowed use number 41, uh, according to the Warwick uh, Municipal Code. And uh, the, within that code, there's other that by far worse, uh, including uh, cell towers, cemeteries, and religious institutions. 
Yeah, we can look at a Solterra at the back here that's right near Price Chopper, actually. <laughs> I know they were not happy in Pine Island, which is why they didn't have good cell service. So you got to make choices in life, you know. Uh, why are people, and, you know, by the way, I don't believe it's the majority. I think it's this minority that has loud voices. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, in fact, you know, people from Warwick are, are not opposed to The Rock for the most part. There may be one or two people, especially some people who don't want their name out there because they're, they're from some really, really old established families but they you know they sort of want to silently uh puppeteer people like uh mike i won't say his surname uh, out of respect to the family um but you know there are a handful of those warwickians but otherwise these people who oppose pulpit rock they're from no disrespect to these other regions bergen county they're from long island they're maybe from the city you know some some wonderful brooklynites but in general these people are not wildcat you know and, and technically not what, what is a wildcat uh, you know somebody went to high school here Yeah, Warwick Wildcats, a football oh, so, team. So that, that will, uh, I don't know, however long debate people are having, what uh, makes you a Warwickian, uh, your, Listen, your take the, on it uh, would be... Ah, dude, I mean, the people who start that debate and even have it are people who aren't from here. It's a sort of way to, you know, have this faux nativity. Oh, I'm Warwickian, are you? Us people who are from Warwick kind of don't really care. But, I mean, if you have to break it down, yeah, if you're Wildcat, if you went to high school here... Then you're Warwickian. That, that is a very interesting take on it, and I'm uh, actually quite definite. Uh, is that some something that uh, was uh, always in place, or you just uh, came up with the and sort of like coined that? No, it just made sense just right now, I guess. Well, if but people yeah, are born here, they would be a Warwickian. <laughs> If you weren't born a hundred years ago, it no, just apparently means... not, because there is this existing this snobism that uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been here, or you know, if you haven't been born on the farm and you still don't live in your grandparents' uh, house. Oh, there's more re- the, regulations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> apparently, once again, there's a lot of uh, and uh, it's uh, difficult sometimes to draw the line. And I know it has been debates on social media and everybody who is where we can, who is not. But I think I like the way that the Jay's classifying it, and uh, it does make a lot of sense. Well, yeah, I mean, public school, you grew up with the different uh, segments of uh, population, and uh, whether you've been born on the, the estate or on McEwen Street, it doesn't really matter. You mingled with the, your peers and your, you know, went to the school. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think if it really matters to a person, then that person really has to reassess their own values, or maybe they have to just travel a little i think that's the biggest problem is you have this weird white trash aristocracy who really are like oh i'm warwick are you just knock it off guys get out of dodge for once you know go i think they use that to their benefit and when it benefits them i guess if something within warwick is that great a benefit to these karens you know they can have it you know if they want to be called warwickians fine i go don't ahead. really i don't yeah really... but they cannot be called uh, wildcats no there we go <laughs> no even if you went to high school if you weren't a football player you couldn't be called a wildcat oh yeah you to play wild, no absolutely really not. no yeah you, yeah you got the jacket and the shirt no matter what you're a wildcat you get a oh, class ring okay you don't have to play ball to get oh, a class ring, yeah, class ring is your uh, in fact testament to whether you yeah. are or you're not or just like, in a yearbook like i'm for example i'm not wildcat but kids uh, four are. of my children you are uh, yeah yeah oh yeah make me sort of like a kitten <laughs> <laughs> wild <laughs> kitten keter <laughs> here kitty kitty <laughs> or here keter keter <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> 
Well, I'm trying to think about being an American now. <laughs> when I put that in perspective, I'm second-generation American. But you know what? Uh, American and Norwegian, those are such a polarizing terms because, believe it or not, and I'm, uh, and this is how sometimes sickening that is, uh, we all uh, follow the news. We all know that the uh, president got uh, diagnosed with, uh, He's with, in the hospital with the corona. You know, you would think there are people, and I know uh, the, the, in this time of public sensitivity, everybody has their own opinion. Uh, we all witnessed it during the last uh, election, how ugly it got and what kind of messages people were sending each other on mattresses and signs and whatnot, stealing other people's oh, signs. Geez. But uh, I can tell you that I've seen yesterday somebody shooting up fireworks in celebration of uh, Trump being sick. Oh, and, that's horrible. And that is, that that's is just disgraceful. It doesn't really. matter what Shame you, be- you, what you believe in. That. It doesn't really matter wh- how you wish gonna anybody vote. being sick. But this this is such a disgusting, yeah, horrible. Uh, this is the feeling I came uh, out of. Uh, That's what's happened to America, election. though. Yeah, so when I see somebody like Mike Pennings, it almost doesn't surprise me because of the whole mood of the country has gotten so angry and hateful. I've never seen elections like we've gone nope. through ever in my entire life. I never expected life. to. Should I have known that this is the kind of the level that anybody can stoop down to? Maybe we could have designed campaign differently and I would be ready. But this is there's no limit to lying, to, to degrading somebody's character, to trying to assassinate. To, All for what? Yeah. And now not one of those people who had an anyone but Keter sign or any of those ugly negative things, not one of those people was quote unquote Warwick. Those, those yeah, are people from right. other areas who are bringing their hatred and their joylessness here. And these are some really joyless Karens, uh, you know, who you're up against. So these, do you know what, they were, what the term Karen means? Uh, that's the um, yes. Uh, it's sort of like very recent. Uh, that's yeah. somebody who's always complaining and <laughs> yeah. It's, it, and so her name was Karen. So now everybody who does that is named Karen. <laughs> we got a list of Karens. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's Karen Central. Uh, and speaking of uh, politics, I, we have two debates coming up here, both senatorial. So that is very exciting. Uh, Mike Martucci, who generously, beyond generosity, and it was in the paper this week, if you saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave $5,000 looking for matching funds for the Warwick Humane Society, the Warwick Valley Humane Society, for he and his, from he and his family. His wife, Erin, and his three children were there with us that day. And uh, Senator Jen Metzger. So they will be here this coming Thursday uh, between 1 and 2. It will be live, just the two of them. And then the following Thursday, between 1 and 2, we'll have Senator James Skoufis and the head of the legislature, Stephen Brescia. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. Def- yeah. Definitely listen, because uh, I'm familiar with the, the way this election took place. And as a voter, I'm getting a lot of propaganda or those leaflets. And uh, I had a chance to actually uh, bring one up, with, uh, talking to uh, Mike Martucci. And he said, well, that all those accusations, all those crashed buses, that's not even his company. That's not even in, in that picture. That's I know. not even his bus. That's really despicable that you have to stoop to the level of putting information on there that has nothing to do but those are the with methods. the person. Yeah. And, and this, this is, is what get employed, and this is how everything... It's the same people who are saluting when, uh, to hear when somebody got uh, sick. And the, yeah, the, this is just... I don't know what's happened to this country. I, it just the last couple of years have gotten so distasteful, so disrespectful, so hateful, and I, I look at them and say, I hope none of you have children. Because what kind of a legacy is that to leave for your children that this is, you're going to teach them to do the same thing. Yeah, well, uh, once again, we, I'm glad it's passed. We passed those elections. We have, we're looking forward to another one on a and higher we, level. And, and we have a new show starting on Monday. We should right. let the listening really? audience know. 
You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it's been going to be called uh, Monday at eleven o'clock uh, on Mondays. Uh, it's going to be called Tales T A L E S and Trails. And it's about kind of not only just local history, but history all over the world. And it's going to be hosted by one and only Jay Westerfeld. What? That pretentious guy? Come on. <laughs> well, I, I understand. I like pretension Jay, sometimes. You, you, <laughs> you are president of uh, Sugarloaf Historical Society. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, one of the few people left who actually founded an historical society through the state chartering of the uh, education department. Mo- most of those people left are dead alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there are a few small ones that don't actually represent municipalities. You know, they represent buildings and things like that. We have one recently in Warwick. But, uh, yeah, um, it's it's an interesting well, process. I'm, I'm looking forward, certainly. And, yeah, uh, and who's going to be on your first show? First show, I'm not sure yet. Second and third shows we have lined up. Uh, fourth show is already lined up, but the... Uh, first show, we may just do an intro section. Oh, sounds good. I have two potential surprise guests. All right. And what's wonderful about this up- upcoming show, it's really worldly. It's not just in one neighborhood or just <clears throat> one city or town. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be one of the most interesting shows on the air. So. Uh, unless you're a Karen, then you're just going <laughs> to <Yeah>. forget <laughs> yeah, it. He's not bashing somebody. <laughs> yeah. We have a few of those here. But we're going to take our next break. If you want to call in, 845-651-1110. If you want to text in, your name does not come up. 845 Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York, for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. I think it was very important for us to get Martin and to get Cole because they're very good at what they do. NASCAR Today Midday on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Weekdays at 1.30 on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. The new wave is back. Chris Cordani here, remembering the decade of thin ties, cheap sunglasses, and great music. Revenge of the 80s Radio, Friday nights on WTBQ. WTBQ A nice fall weekend with plenty of sun this afternoon in the low and mid-60s. Tonight, look for clear skies and quite chilly with early morning lows in the upper 30s and a few areas of frost towards daybreak. Sunday, a sunny start, then some increasing afternoon clouds, 60 to 65. Mostly cloudy Sunday night, a few showers mainly Monday morning, then afternoon clearing. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. And we are back on free speech. Uh, texting number 845 328 0886. You can text in any question you want. Your name does not appear unless you want to put it there or comment. Or you can give us a call at 845 651 1110. We were just talking about a new show coming up, which I'm very excited about and uh, I'm sure it's going to be very, very interesting. It's Monday at 11 a.m. I also. Uh, looking forward to Jay to, to 
tell us more about uh, the places he's been and uh, the you know the local history because he has been uh, Jay you've been uh, well, your family has been uh, part of Warwick history for a long time seven generations seven generations seven generations well, yeah tell me fact. somebody else who has seven generations here <laughs> um, I'm just curious. I don't even know if I can figure out who back that far am I so I can't think of a better person, actually, to you know, to be on the air and educate well, people about it. And uh, speaking about history, I, uh, it came to my attention that somebody from the local historical society uh, <coughs> sort of like accused me once again in something that I have I didn't do. And uh, the accusation that were flying in t- in my address were that I sort of uh, called for defunding historical society. Was that uh, historical society ever been funded to begin with? No. So this well, is an, an NGO. Uh, correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's you know, I don't know what they're talking about. Sounds like a Karen alert. But very honestly, <laughs> um, you know, classically historical societies are 501c3s, um, and they can't be C4s. Uh, and typically, you look for public funding grants that typically uh, involve matching grants, which that's a problem with that local historical society. But I don't want to speak to their issues. Uh, they have enough of them. But uh, you know. I well, you have can't heard a defund call. something that hasn't been funded. Well, I, I have heard of a call to have the municipality itself help them. I'm trying to think where I saw and, it. And, it was and I just so did voice my opinion. That was a part of the, uh, the trustee debate. debates. Yeah, yeah that okay. was, was a question that Bob Kerhulik had brought up, which they made him kind of retract. Was It was a hypothetical question where he said, if the Historical Society ever got into an issue where they didn't have the funds to stay afloat, uh, would you consider saving them in a sense? And, and I'm as paraphrasing. a trustee, as a public, uh, as a figure. trustee, right? right. And, again, and Stephen said, and my position was very clear. I don't think I think we're all struggling. In the meantime, as a taxpayer, I cannot see why would uh, we carry a burden to and save the uh, non-government organization that was not supposed to be funded to begin with. And start paying. I think that's where she missed because she said not to be funded to begin right. with. But she probably felt that was implying that they were funded, so you couldn't. No, uh, they, uh, them. Uh, they. They said uh, I uh, honestly uh, answered that the way I feel, they should not be funded. The, we taxpayers should not, uh, you know, carry a burden of uh, paying for somebody whose properties uh, to uh, exempt to begin with. And this is the uh, society that, in fact, uh, has. Uh, Operating tavern, they serve liquor and uh, alcohol, and uh, it's almost like asking any other restaurants that wouldn't make, uh, you know, that have to be bailed out because somebody doesn't do their job well. Uh, yeah, it's a, it would be a strange ask. I hope that no one's ever floating the idea of having Warwick's taxpayers bail out a 501c3 anywhere. But, you know, it wasn't just Mr. Krohulik's hypothetical question. I'd seen it somewhere. I'll research it and okay, get back please, to you, Taylor, because I'd did. seen it in the dispatch. I didn't hear it, but my answer was, you have 32,000 residents in the town of Warwick. Wouldn't it behoove you to garner some of those people to become members of Absolutely. the historical and, and society? There's so many ways you can do to raise money. There's right. so many uh, you know, uh, meaningful, really, ways to do a fundraiser. But... Uh, Jay, you uh, as a president of uh, Sugarloaf Historical Society, I'm sure just like uh, any other municipality, you own properties. Do you pay taxes on those properties or do you take advantage of uh, 501-3 status? Yeah, 501-C3. You know, it's funny because we're often told, guys, just use your tax-exempt status and stop going through having to walk in here and fill out uh, this check every year. 
Um, I come from a family who were pretty massive landowners, uh, and they paid more than their share of taxes into numerous school districts. And as such, I never want to be the guy who's representing um, an organization that's sort of taking advantage of public welfare and saying, well, we're just not going to pay our taxes because we don't have to. Our tax burden isn't big. We pay it. Um, we have the funds and... Uh, you know that's just how it is i really don't, there there are enough people who are struggling here who to pay their own taxes for their own homes i don't think it's fair for a not-for-profit to own a lot of properties in warwick or anywhere else and say well we don't have to pay our taxes people don't understand those the people are always complaining about high taxes i yep. do not know but the status uh, allows not to pay taxes but would you consider uh, actually imposing an additional tax on taxpayers and the residents of a municipality in order to sustain this well uh, this social not. Here, here's, club. The, no. here's the question uh for any business and profit or non-profit are we i mean i know the government's trying to help everybody in the, in the midst of this pandemic but every time a business is in trouble do we go out and fund it we no, and especially not a tax-exempt business it, to begin with. Exactly what I mean. That's and a business that hasn't even paid into the system correct. initially. Uh, you know, it, it's a tough situation. Then, you know, bear in mind, the uh, attorneys general, they have an office of, uh, well, they have a charities bureau here in New York. And, you know, I have to watch what we do with our historical society because I don't want someone to make a call and say, you know what, these guys are commingling funds from different businesses with their not-for-profit. Uh, you get into a really shaky, slippery slope there when you start doing that. And I just think it's important to be above Didn't board. Didn't they partner up with somebody in town to do Baird's Tavern? Because I think the question I asked the prior president of the Historical Society is, can you do me a favor and tell me, I know you had a lot of people sign up for their annual memberships that night. I would think because they were <clears throat> drinking that that would be an interesting thing. If you could tell me, how many people renewed their membership the next year who weren't drinking? I'm really curious about that. I didn't, never got an answer. Yeah, that's a funny way to raise money. I mean, that, that's yeah. a really kind of fundraiser. We're going to give you a, a stein with your name on it. I mean, <laughs> was that really true? Did that actually happen? Absolutely. That, if I mean, well, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to play lawyer. No, here. That's and Mr. I'm not Kovalik's either. Job. I'm just saying, I don't think these are the ways that you attach a historical society that want people to be in with the whole meaning of what it's for. If that's what it's for, you should be out at the, those 32,000 people that live here and try to get some of those people as members who are really invested in the history of Warwick, not invested in having a drink on Friday night. Yeah, it's, you I know, think they, this it, is an incorrect way to go about raising money and awareness. They, I, hey, I, I don't know the particulars, yeah, but if drink. in fact they did that, I give them, oh, no, I give them high they, marks for chops, for bravery, because they did it. And they that, got a ton of members that night. So my question has been a numerous times, how many people renewed? That's, <laughs> you you got to keep that uh, stein really full. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my stein runneth over. <laughs> but also, who's making the money there? If, an, if another restaurant in Warwick is running it, who takes in the money from that night? Well, that's the kind of commingling. commingling is something you really have to I don't know. I don't about. have the answers to that. But I'm just saying, you know, instead of trying to take other people down with misinformation, I would clean your house first. Absolutely. And make sure that you've got every, all your ducks in a row and you're out there instead of worrying about who's saying what, including me, including the station. I would go out there and start looking for members and stop all the other, you know, chatter. It's really unimportant. What's more important is working for the... Uh, either the charity or the business that you work for, period. 
you know, we had we had a um, with the Sugarloaf Historical Society, we had an assessment done by SHIPA. They sent, uh, sure. you know, they, they sent actually the, the guy who runs it came down, not just one of his delegates. And he took an inventory of all the buildings in Sugarloaf. He was most excited about our church, United Methodist oh, Church. Yeah, beautiful church. It's stunning in Sugarloaf. And he said, you know, we can help it with uh, historic rest restoration and preservation. And the trustees of the church understandably said, you know what, we just don't we're not interested. We don't want to be restricted. Oh, we can't paint this, that color, et cetera. Right. So then I look at something like in Warwick, the old Baptist meeting house, Right. incredibly beautiful old church. It is. Well, it's, it's nice that it's being kept by a 501c3, but I, I don't see it being kept with the reverence that I would expect a house of worship to be kept. And in you know, what it's, way? Well, it just seems, you know, I've seen videos online of people running around inside it, people with the historical society laughing, joking, saying, oh, is that a, you know, is that a coffin there? Is there a dead person? Yeah, things like that. Um, it, it just, you know, uh, liquor is served there, which I'm sure that's fine. And certainly in most denominations, wine, uh, sacramental is uh, right. allowable. But it, it's just, I, I, to me, it's not respectful. Preservation is one thing, but preservation to me should be across the board. It's not just physical. It has, I'm not saying you have to preserve a religion or anything, but you know, why not respect the properties? Why not respect the, uh, I'm trying to remember I the have word. have a little that, reverence, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not a playground. You know, if you're going to keep these properties, don't turn them into a playground. And by the way, try to maintain them a little better as well. Yeah, uh, I think they took on a lot and I, they even admitted it at one time. They have all these buildings that they're trying to care for. And it is difficult under normal conditions. And if you're not, you haven't got a grant writer or you don't have people that are funding it. Uh, and when I fund it, I mean by donations, because uh, I don't want a misnomer on that. And then go out and get membership because that's how you're going to earn money there is membership, having people committed to be a member and care right. about the, the society. Well, people are struggling, especially in exactly. Warwick. To pay. These are taxpayers to keep their own buildings going. I don't want to right hear. Right now, I would think so. I don't want to hear any organization that's exempt from paying taxes on their buildings, crying on the shoulders of taxpayers who are crippled by these horrific New York taxes. No, right. there's no income. While not paying any taxes uh, themselves, not right. at all. It's, While using the properties they own to live, to drink in, uh, and uh, for whatever other purpose. It's kind of at one point, at some point, it becomes sort of a social welfare and a, a little tea society on the taxpayer's arm. It really does. It's really interesting. But I don't think all their buildings are exempt. I believe, now I could be wrong, I thought I heard that there were a few that were, they do pay taxes on the property. I'm not sure. I'd love to, I'll, I'll ask uh, around to the people I think that would give me the information. Well, you can just look it up too. I mean, right. uh, all of us, uh, the 990EZ and the 990 forms are available online. You can go to guidestar.org, right. sign That's up with a membership. By the way, guidestar.org is a website that's been around a long time that uh, has everything about every nonprofit that's registered for a 501c3 and you can look and see how much of that money that they take in goes to programs or go to administration absolutely it's 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 really eye-opening interestingly i uh, you know i looked up a, a local organization let's say and i was kind of stunned i can't really speak to politics for a number of uh work-related reasons but i was stunned to see that the board of trustees of a local organization is almost an exact overlap of a political party locally too and there's a certain point where sure it's legal you know you can't restrict uh, who's on your board of trustees it's um self-appointed so, right 
And, you know, the ethics, I don't know. I mean, at what point are you using a 501c3 as a political, uh, as a PAC, well, you know, political action committee? Some people are just blind to it, but we're going to take our last break. 845-651-1110. Text 845-328-0886. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is John Stein, host of the Hootenanny Cafe, inviting you to join me every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here, 93.5 FM or WTBQ.com, for the best in folk music anywhere. This is Jay Westerveld inviting you to tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for Tales and Trails, where I'll share many journeys and stories from my global travels and from your neighborhood, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. And we are back on free speech, 845-651-1110 or 845-328-0886 for texting. So, um, yeah, so we've kind of left that subject alone for a while, but let's go back uh, to Stephen Keeter for the Boutique Hotel, because I think it's important uh, to not listen to all these people who have, first of all, misinformation. They don't even know what they're talking about. And they're uh, kind of what you call haters and jealous. So jealous is another word for, you know, no self-confidence. Uh, because you can't be jealous of anybody. You all have different fingerprints. So that's just, you know, a lack of confidence in yourself. And people are out there. And listen, I, an American true and true and through and through. And you can protest anything you want. I'm with you. As long as it doesn't hurt you or someone else or eminent danger, never mind eminent domain. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, look, we're all this whole thing about the boutique hotel. I know for a fact, and I've said this before, one year after it's built, it will be not even a word will be said. Everybody will be clamoring for reservations for their families coming in for holidays. Absolutely, we know that. because as a community, we uh, <clears throat> like I, I come not only from another state, I come from another country, I come from another co continent. Uh, I came uh, to the United States already, uh, you know, somewhat uh, an adult, and uh, I had a lived life i have friends i have family who i would like to yeah, share four wonderful all, children and all, a fabulous all the achievements wife. i would like to share those events in my children's life with along with them so all the babushkas or grand <laughs> grandmothers you know and grandparents that's grandpa and grandma Babush, babushka in case you don't know is this wonderful hat they wear in Russia. my so, grandmother and grandfather so had. all <laughs> the uh, uncle and aunts all the extended family members all your friends that would like to come to the football games to the concerts in school to uh, maybe have uh, to see how beautiful our community is to, to take part as a renaissance fair or apple fest all those peoples we do not have uh, any sort of uh, accommodations that would allow for, for those people stay overnight 
I uh, me firsthand, I can tell you that I sent people as far as New Jersey, uh, all the way to. Uh, I hear it all the Spring time. Valley or to Vernon, New, Our, New we Jersey. We have fabulous bed and breakfasts. They're really wonderful. Terry owns one of them, a yep. sweetheart guy, and they fill up in two seconds. And you're not going to be taking anything away from them because people are going to come uh, to Warwick for the bed and breakfast, and when they're filled up, they'll have somewhere no, else to go. And once again, those are charming, and uh, right. uh, to each its own. They say, uh, for example, uh, there are other people who. Uh, don't want to stay in other people's homes. I hear they it all the time. The You're percent right. It's a safe environment. They want the amenities yeah. too. They get used to already. They know what to expect. Uh, sort of like, you know, you have your uh, certain expectations. You right. never gamble. It's like uh, having one of those comfort foods. You, no matter where you are in the world, you if you're craving a burger, you go to McDonald's and it's the same in Turkey that it is in New Jersey, you know. <laughs> and the same once you get used to a certain level in the hotel and accommodations, you know what to expect. Your expectations already there, you know, and uh, this is why I think the hotel is totally different animal. Once again, from motel, from uh, B&B, from Airbnb, and uh, I think I, I honestly think those Airbnbs are a danger. I really do. I don't care what kind of paper you have. You don't know unless you do a background check on every one that oh, comes absolutely. in, and even those aren't foolproof. Well, the, technically, they defined as uh, unsafe hotels. You know, because there's really, really nothing. There's no name, no reputation, I know no the company people behind that, said. Yeah. yeah, and I know that people that have them, you know, are making money. And, you know, God bless you. We're all capitalists, so we wouldn't be here. Uh, but, you know, the, the issue is you really don't know who's there. I've heard many stories of people who have destroyed places, had <clears throat> wild parties, lied about who was coming. Yep. Hey, come on. I served my time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's that Airbnb, I don't know how that got permitted. I am really stymied about it. I would, I would posit, and, in fact, from firsthand experience, that a lot of Stephen's resistance to this hotel are B&B owners. Oh, Airbnb, really? Oh, Airbnb is. operators and yep. B&B owners. See, I don't owners. understand that because... The, Spillover, yeah. The, yeah, but it isn't even that. And Stephen just said it. If You know, there are people, when they go away, they have a choice of different... They, they're looking they, for different some experiences. Some of them don't yeah. want to stay in a and b because really, or an Airbnb, is because that's somebody else's bed, somebody else's home. And I don't know, um, it's kind of uncomfortable. But there are people who are actually uh, looking for those types of experiences. And some people who only sure. want a bed and breakfast. Exactly. Because they want the charm, they want to sit at the breakfast table with the owner of the house and have a discussion. Yep. I've stayed in B&Bs when really there were nothing close by too and they're lovely and they have their place and time but if that's not what you're looking for you're giving them a choice. You, you, uh, choice is never bad and I think there's a good saying that says rising tide uh, lifts all the boats and I think uh, you know the more the merrier I think the uh, B&Bs and other type of accommodations will only benefit from uh, the presence of uh, sort of like uh, central established uh, you know hospitality establishment that actually can offer. And the hotel that we're proposing, it, it's, a, it's a new concept. It's something that is, it's not your uh, sort of like uh, soapbox uh, Ramada Inn. It's totally different. It's in many ways superlative uh, down to the measures that can be implemented to integrate it. Just like uh, Penning family, they invented uh, agri-entertainment. Agri yeah. yeah. This is the same way with the, introducing the right environment. We, uh, we're actually looking forward to be the very first hotel and uh, hopeful for many awards to come uh, along with it uh, to uh, implement even new standards in the hospitality uh, industry. Prediction. 
all of your naysayers are going to be your biggest cheerleaders. Once oh, yeah, that I, that's what I was operating. just saying before. Absolutely. One year from now, they're all going to have families staying there. And, and you know, it's because interesting. No, we're, nah, we're keeping a very bedroom. close tab on those names. Uh. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> no Karens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, honestly, Hello. I wouldn't trust no any of them coming in there because who knows what they do. Oh, overbooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it actually is absolutely beautiful. If people would go on the website, what's the website they can look at the pictures? We have uh, Pulpit uh, Rock in. Uh, Dot com. Dot com. Go take a look at the plans. This is like a village in itself. Yep. It's, it's built as, as, as a village, as oh, an extension. Uh, you know, uh, it reminds very much of the neighborhood of Warwick Grove. Uh, I think uh, Lou Marquette, the builder who did it, did, did, did a beautiful a great job. job. Great guy, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of historical, uh, accurate uh, details uh, down to gable lines and roof lines and shutters. And uh, and I think if we do something in that uh, respect, the inspiration for the project came from a very historical neighborhood in itself, from uh, historic district Savannah, Georgia, which is extremely historic. We all know that and uh, extremely opposed to any kind of development. That hotel received the from Historical Society of Savannah the best uh, thinking outside the box uh, award. I've met with historical planner of uh, Savannah, and uh, they have nothing but good things to say that came out of that development. How long has that development been in Savannah? Uh, probably by now, um, I want to say about maybe eight, nine years. So they should have a pretty good barometer on that. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, the city couldn't be uh, happier with the result. Uh, that hotel has been named uh, uh, South Best, uh, been voted top uh, 15 in the country by U.S. News. And the collates and awards go on and on and on. And I think in our neighborhood, in Warwick, we can do something like that or even better. Uh, and uh, something that uh, would once again put Warwick on the map, so to speak. And then also what you're doing for the pulpit rock itself. Absolutely. We, in fact, uh, you know, I hear a lot of this uh, saving uh, pulpit rock and preserving. We are the only people, we are the only group that actually once acquired uh, ownership we uh, commissioned a number of studies. We know by now more about that property than uh, than anybody else. Uh, uh, Absolutely, all, yeah. yeah. Oh, believe me. <laughs> so uh, uh, any, anything from environmental to archaeological to geological to traffic to the, the, we we did our homework, so to speak. And uh, anybody who is claiming to uh, have this uh, significant we asking people to come forward with the proof if they have any so far uh, just like uh, you know i put out the challenge that i will deed the rock uh, to a person who uh, one of the neighbors uh, made a claim that i said it's fully proved it's not but it's in the process it will be and we'll you know working on it uh, a lot of professionals are involved they're doing uh, their job uh, diligently yeah you know the really annoying thing, and you see it on social media, it's grotesque. Um, that is this talk about the rock having Manitou with Native Americans. <laughs> nowhere, nowhere in any extant literature is there any citation to that effect. Well, you gave me, and I have the letter from the New York uh, Preservation Historical oh, Society, yeah. which oh, clearly okay. says no historical or archaeological Significance. Uh, it has no, yes. no impediment to, to future So if you want to argue with somebody, don't argue with us. Go to them. But here's the thing. There's no, 
it, it's tenuous to prove. You, you have to be Ghostbusters to go in and prove if something has the great spirit attached to it. First, you. Well, first I happen you need to have to, a tutive medium and a ghost hunter. I could bring them on there. Well, I'm sure they already know about it. I'm gonna. So, I so actually if, would like to do that one day. Um, <laughs> let's do that. That would really be fun. I'll bring them over there and let's tape up them being around the brock and see if we. Can they something. something? Well, but if there's no mentioning, if there's no record of anything, there's not. is there a, a Manitou meter or, or a manitometer? Uh, that, right. you know, yeah, that spirometer can, or yeah, something. something. You know, we, who are you going to call? I mean, <laughs> when beep, it, beep, beep. it's just <laughs> this idea of these people using the word Manitou and things like that. It's desperate. These these are very unscientific, dishonest people saying they're that. They're very as angry soon right now see. because you, you, they are wrong. Well, well, they're angry because they've been shown to be liars. But well, this is not the true. first attempt. So right now they're resorting to Manitou claims, but before that was environmental, uh, endangered species. Oh, good heavens. And before that it was archaeological significance. And, and before that, there was uh, something else, and it's on and on and on. So it's like once again, it's a it's a contest, throwing noodle. Uh, yeah, uh, and I, I know at one point, and we've talked about this before, uh, that you found some things and you sent it to the uh, Native Americans Society. Uh, we, we sent it to, to the state, to historical, right. uh, you know, this within a state for for classification artifacts, not artifacts. It was a, a report prepared, and based on that report and based on those finds, uh, there was a couple of uh, cool. Um, Arrow points, yeah. uh, and I thought it would be a good idea maybe to hang them in, in a hotel in the, hotel. In the foyer, I love that. Uh, yeah. future, you know. So, uh, and uh, the answer that I got that uh, before you can take ownership, even though you own the land and even though uh, it, it was founded on it, uh, the one state uh, classifies it as artifacts or not, it gets sent once again to Indian uh, Committee, uh, Native American Committee, which is serve, serves as a liaison uh, to the state. And they have the first right of refusal. And they said to you? And no, I got everything back. Yeah. Thank <laughs> so. you. We have these, about a billion yeah. of them. <laughs> Keep your swell rocks, sir. <laughs> we have about, uh, I don't know, the 30 seconds left. So we're going to listen to Jay Westerville on Monday at 11 o'clock. He's got a surprise guest there. And Stephen Keeter, uh, one thing I want to let people know, if you want something really good, go to Sam's Meat Warehouse. You can uh, listen to Frank every morning. Because <laughs> the only thing he looks forward to is going home and grilling. <laughs> and I look forward to it because I don't have to cook. Same here. <laughs> it's a win-win, let me just tell you. But uh, And if you don't want to uh, cook at home, uh, I have a number of uh, local restaurants. We will take oh, yeah. turns featuring them. One of them, uh, or actually two of them, is uh, recently uh it as a buyer to Sam's Meat Warehouse, Pharmacy, and Craft 47. There you go. So you can enjoy the same quality meats and have somebody else cook it for you. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> your weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.